Welcome to another episode of the Underground Bunker Podcast. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega, and I'm joined by one of my absolute favorite people in the whole world, Tori Chrisman. Yeah. Tori, we've known each other for quite a long time, haven't we? We have, since I, you know, very shortly after I escaped out, you did my first interview ever that I did, you know, publicly. Was it Spanky that brought us together? I'm trying to remember now. It's been so long. You know, I can't remember either, but it probably was. But I, I, I don't remember. I think you might have seen, you know, remember I did a few things. Like I did the Magoo dancing in Boston that Bunker filmed, and I didn't know he was filming me. I thought he was filming Mark or um, Bob Minton and Stacy, and in Boston. And he put it up on the internet, and that's what ended up getting me declared suppressive. Um, this is my SP declare. Yeah. Scientology. And that's what, that was it. You know, they, he put it up and I was declared suppressive after that. How long had you been in Scientology before all this went down and you left? 30 years, which is 30. a long time. And I, I just want to say one thing before we really get going anyway, is a lot of people that will see this are much younger than I am. And and they, you know, it's like they were, some people were born with the internet happening, right? So what I, like how I met Andreas is so unusual compared to now. Because there was nothing on the internet except ARS, Alt-Religion Scientology, for me. You know, well, so yes, that's uh, let's let's acknowledge that, that uh, this week we're mourning the loss of our good friend Andreas Heldahl-Lund. Uh, such an important figure in the history of Scientology, but just a wonderful person, just an inspiration to me for how kind and considerate he was. He was a great humanist. He was a wonderful uh, optimist. He, you know, had a great wonder Tony. for the world, you know. So in a nutshell, what happened was Tori was spamming this board of critics and the one she considered the most evil of all, Andreas Heldahl Lund, operator of Operation Clambake, which she couldn't even look at. It was so awful. Right. He reached out to you and said, hey, you know, if you just like, don't just cut and paste everything, you know, we can understand you a little better. And the way you explained it to me was what shocked you was this man you considered the most evil guy on the planet was being nice. Right. And I love what you told me. I'll never forget. This was my favorite thing. Because that we also talked all about your upbringing in Chicago and who your dad is and your famous dad and all that, all those wonderful stuff. And you had told me I had been raised to send a thank you note to somebody that had helped me. And I realized I owed the devil a thank you note. I'll never forget. <laughs> so true. It's so amazing. It's so amazing, and especially when you know how horrible it is for a Scientologist to talk to someone that evil. God, amazing. I mean, it's like never, ever, ever. And But there was that little blue link that was his email. And I was in, my computer was in my dining room at the time. And I thought, I looked around, even then, no one was in my house. But I looked around, I thought, nobody's looking I could send him an email and thank him. And it was just like so stunning that I would do that. Yeah. You know, it was it really took a lot of courage. And I just went, Thank you for helping me, Magoo. And I really thought he'd write back and say, You idiot, you know, why are you spamming ARS? Why are you doing this? And instead he said, You're welcome. Best wishes, Andreas Heldelin. Wow. And at the bottom, he said his full name his full address. I'm going to start crying when I answer that. Anyway, his full address and his cell phone and his phone number, which you would never understand how much that means, except I was part of this group where they were lying, using phony names, using phony addresses. They, you know, Bill already told me, don't call me Bill on the phone anymore because they're listening to us. Call mm -hmm. me Jack and you be Katie. That's and what he explain, told me. Explain real quick who Bill Yachty was. 
Billy Yachty was my auditor and at the time, best one of my best friends mm. and high up in the church in and he was he ended up working with the Office of Special Affairs, who are their top secret. You know, they, they say they're le legal and PR, but they basically run all the bad things. And he, I didn't know that, that they were bad at the time. And I didn't believe they did bad things. And so he said, look, there's a lot of critics on the Internet that are ruining our church. We've got to handle it. And I said, well, what am I going to do? And he said, I just need you to open one email, just one anonymous email. And so he sent me out to go open this anonymous with a cashier's check so you couldn't trace it, with a phony phone number, with a phony name, everything else. And I got, I did, I got an email address and I got the phone number and, you know, I got everything that he needed, a password and an email. And I brought it back to him and he normally was smiling and now he had a grin like as big as Los Angeles. He was just like, oh my God. And I said, What? And he said, you've just changed the history of the internet. And I said, Bill, how could I change the history of the internet when I don't even know what the internet is? <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up sending me out via OSA, which I didn't really know at the time, but it was just my friend. And he was saying, trust me, you know, I'm, I, I would never do anything illegal or anything bad. And he, they were flying me around to open up these accounts around the United States. Wow. So um, after- And he had said, I won't tell you what we're doing. Because I said, what are you going to do with these? And he said, I'm not going to tell you. Because these people are really evil, Tori. And they will get you a deposition. And he knew how bad my memory was. And he said, you don't want to do that. And I said, yeah, true, I don't. And he said, so I'm just not going to tell you. And then you can always say, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. So once Andrea sent you his email, his phone number, what, what did you know about him at that point? Did you know that he was in Norway, for example, or anything like that? I knew nothing about him. I just knew he was the devil of the internet. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and he had said, just to clarify, because it was such a wonderful thing, he's, I had only, Gaudi had taught me how to copy paste. That was all. Because he wanted me to look on the internet and people were asking for one of the top secret information to be mailed to them. And he said, just cruise around and see if you can find these people on ARS that are asking for the Knots material. That's that's all I was doing. So I knew how to copy paste. So now I'm actually on ARS. He doesn't know it because I'm not talking to him anymore. We've got a big, they attacked me and I said, okay, I screwed you guys. So I'm on it by myself and I'm just copy pasting and writing all this stuff. And Andreas sent me a thing saying, Magoo, nobody can understand you. Because it had a thing where it'd be like Tony talks, and then there's a bunch of arrows, and then Tori talks, and then right, Tony right. talks, you know, that kind of thing. And I thought, so I'm copy pasting. I'm thinking, oh, who needs all these stupid arrows, right? Not knowing that's what it was. So Andrea says, Magoo, you don't know how to format. I'm going to teach you how to format. Wow, and wow. he did. He showed me how to do it. I don't even know what it was to this day. I couldn't tell you. If you said, I'll give you a billion dollars, I'd be like, I don't know. He just said, do this. And it worked. And it formatted everything. So that was the beginning of our relationship where he helped me. I thought, here's these OSA people who have done nothing for me except kind of attack me and be creepy to me. And they didn't trust me and all this stuff. And here's Andreas. I don't even know. He's like the devil of the internet. And here he is helping me, like really helping me. Yeah. It was amazing. How did that turn into like a conversation? Remind me about how that actually turned into kind of a conversation between. Okay. Them. So I thanked him and yeah. he wrote back and said, you're welcome. And so then I thought, okay, well, he wasn't that bad. You know, I thought he was going to be really bad. He wasn't that bad. So I thought maybe I'll just ask him, why do you have up all this stuff about my, my church? Right. I sent him a thing. Why do you have up all this stuff? And I was kind of hoping he would delete Operation Clambake. I mean, I was real. That's how crazy I was. You know, I mean, I went on ARS thinking I can get rid of ARS. This is no problem. Right. <laughs> Not. I thought there were only 50 people on it. I did. 
Right. So, and I had gotten rid of the Battlefield Earth message board. So that's what sort of gave me this delusion that, I, well, if I can get rid of the message board, which the guy in New York called me, I called Warner Brothers and said, look, you've got all this stuff about Scientology on this Battlefield Earth site. I'm a, a public, I'm a fan, and it's offending me. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to the right person. And this guy called me the next day from New York. And he goes, this is so-and-so from Time Warner. And we got your message and we're taking down that message board. Wow. Wow. And this is me by myself. I wasn't right. with OSA. This is just me. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, if I can do the message board, maybe I can do this ARS thing and get rid of it. So that was kind of my intention at the time. Wait, let me unplug this. Hang on. I forgot. I was going to unplug it. Okay, there we go. So anyway, that was my intention. Yeah. And so, and of course, now I forget what I was talking about. What was I? Uh, after after uh, he showed you the formatting and then you you he sent you his email and his phone number. I'm wondering how it then turned into a conversation between the two. Okay, so I said, why do you have up this stuff? Thank you for reminding oh, right, right. You wanted to take down Clambake, yeah. yeah why, do, why do you have up this stuff about my religion? Right. And he said, Magoo, I believe in truth. I believe in looking at both sides. And I have the courage to say what I think. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't think Scientologists are bad. I just think they're misinformed. Right. I said, just you start reading. And it was like, that is why I, that's how I got into Scientology. I believed in truth. I believed in looking at both sides. And I always had courage from my mom and dad. So now I'm at the top and I can't read both sides and I can't look, I, I can't look at truth. You know what I mean? It's like now this guy that's the devil reminds me, this is who you are. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and it was yeah. like, ah, oh, it just hit me so hard. And he said, I suggest you start reading. And so I said, okay, I'll look at one thing and read it. And I always wanted to go back in the Sea Org. <clears throat> which they kicked me out because I have epilepsy and they made me get off my medicine. And that's why you'll see in the conversations, like just what happened. I can't remember things because seizures directly affect your memory. And they took me off my medicine and I had tons of grand mal seizures to the point where my mother said, either you're on your medicine today or I'm flying out there and I, they will never forget your mom. So that's how that happened. So, um, so Andreas said to me that about, I believe in truth. I believe in looking at both sides. I, I suggest you start reading. So I looked on it and I found Mary Tabioyans had written an article. Ladies, if you're thinking of joining the Sea Org, read this. And I thought, well, I always have wanted to go back in the Sea Org. I better read it. And so I opened it up and it's all about enforced abortions and I, I could not stop crying for four hours. I just couldn't stop crying. I was just like, it just was like Niagara Falls because I knew nothing about this. You know, I, I, I didn't know that they made people have abortions. And God, I'm sorry I'm crying. I really am. But <laughs> it was so monumental for me. It was like, and then what am I going to do now? I can't talk to my friends. Now I know I'm, I, I can't go back to Scientology. That's it. I know I'm done. And I'm like, Andreas is the only person I can talk to. And so I write him and I say, Andreas, I can't stop crying. I've been crying for four hours. I can't stop. Help me. And he writes me back and he says, Magoo, I am sorry. You're going through what you're going through. But I've got to ask you, because I said, if I leave Andreas, I'm going to lose every friend I have, every friend, everyone I know, right. and my husband of 27 years, just like that. And so he writes and he goes, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but I've got to ask you this one question, which is a great question. And he says, what kind of friends could those be? if they're going to leave you because you change your mind. Exactly. And that was Andreas. I mean, he's so fucking logical and just clear thinking all the time. I mean, two years ago, he told me he his life was ending in two years. And I got really sad about it. 
And he said, don't be sad, Tori. Don't be sad. I'm a lucky guy. And I said, you're a lucky guy? And he goes, I've lived a great life. I'm fine. Don't be sad. And so I want people to know that because a lot of people are sad about him passing on, but he was okay with it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like he lived a good life. We're not okay with it. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to keep crying, but it's it's very it's a very it was a obviously a huge moving thing for me. And then now I'm now I'm totally once I read the abortion thing. I, that was it. I was done. But now what? What am I going to do? And I wrote him and I said, I, I have to get with someone that understands what I'm going through. You know, it's like I'm all alone. I can't talk to anybody. And so he had Stacy Brooks send me an email and I and I was on ARS. Right. And I see this thing from Stacy Brooks and I think, oh, it's Stacy. And and she goes, who are you? Because remember, I was only Magoo on the internet, which was right. my dad's nickname I had given him. Wow. So, and he died when he was 51, but he was always very strong and courageous. And so when I woke up, I thought, what am I going to do? And so I kind of connected with what I thought my dad, you know, what his spirit would say. And he said, get out of LA, just get out of LA. You know, so I thought I'm keeping this guy with me. So that's why he's in all my Tori Magoo 44 is my YouTube site. And, you know, he Magoo at my nickname and everything. So anyway, now I forgot where I was. Where well, you I was. were talking to Stacy Brooks and then she, she. Okay. So I get the email. Thank you from Stacy Brooks. It pops in and I think, oh, she goes, who are you? And I write and I go, Stacy, I can't tell you who I am. I mean, you, because I didn't know if maybe she's Osa. Right. You see what I mean? How do I know? Who's really Osa and who isn't at that point? I was so paranoid. And so I didn't I didn't trust her. And so I said, I, I can't tell you who I am. And so then I, I say, best wishes, Magoo. And I, I sign off. And then I see this email comes in, Stacey Brooks. And I think, oh, she's going to help me. And so, because I said, think about when you woke up, you know, and how, you know, you weren't sure of who people were and stuff like that. So she goes, dear Magoo, sorry we can't help you, Stacy Brooks. And I felt like I was on a thousand foot mountain, nude, and way at the bottom on the ground was a little teeny sign that said, you might make it if you jump. And to this day, I have a big sign in my house that says, leap and the net will appear. Because I really believe that, you know, and so I made the leap. I told her who I was. She said, I know you. We audited together in the HTC. I got to turn this on. So she she knew your actual identity. She knew who you were when you she knew me. We, we had been in the HTC and I kind of remembered her. And and uh, so then, you know, we had this great conversation and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know what to do. I don't. And she said, well, and again, I hadn't met Andreas. I'd only talked to him online. And she said, well, why don't you fly to Clearwater and we'll help you. We help get people out. So that's what happened. And again, at the time, I didn't really think Scientology did these bad things. And this is a very key point for people because they made me into the activist I am today. I had called her back. After that conversation, I said, Stacy, I want to make something clear. I'm not going to make videos. I'm not going to speak out. I'm not going to pick it. I'm just leaving under the radar very quietly. And she said, Tori, we're only doing for you what we wish someone had done for us when we left to see you. Great. So that was it. And uh, I still remember you telling me the story about when you then tried to fly across the country and... Janet Weiland was waiting for you at the airport and somebody was waiting for you at the stopover. And then they were waiting for you in Tampa when you flew in and yeah. they were, I mean, just amazing. Uh, how and I didn't happened. believe they did that, but they proved it in that one trip. They proved all these years that critics have been yelling at me. They do this, they do that. And I was just like, I had plexiglass up and it just would bounce off. I just didn't hear it. And all of a sudden they, they canceled my van to the airport. They canceled, the, the plane was canceled. Janet Weiland came charging up to me, which she now says, oh, that was just an accident. 
you know, I read that online somewhere. It's like, oh yeah, you just accidentally ran That's what into she told me, right. Yeah, with a stack of papers of who she knew I was going to see and how bad they were. Right. The dead agent pack. Yeah. Wow. And I, I that was my one phone conversation with Bob Mitten and Stacy Brooks was when I was working on that story and you had told me about that. And so I called them to ask them about it. And and uh, I still remember that. Uh, that's the only time I ever got to hear Bob Mitten's voice was in that. that Didn't one. he have a great voice? I love talking to him. And, and Stacy yeah. was great. And um, yeah, what a what a what a story, Tori. I yeah, mean, and Jesse. See, Jesse was the one who said, don't set down the phone. Stacy had said, bring a phone. And I said, they don't do stuff like that, Stacy. And she said, Tori. We used to run these programs. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> and so I back then, see, again, people now, everyone has a phone. But back in 2000, yeah. we only had these little flip phone emergency things. And I had one in a drawer, so I dug it out and brought it. And, of course, then when she came charging up, I got out the cell phone and said, Stacy, the vice president is here. And she said, okay, hang on, I'm going to put Jesse on. And Jesse got on and he goes, Tori, do not set down the phone no matter what you do. No matter what you do. If you go to the bathroom, don't set down this phone until I get you on the plane. Wow. And she followed me all around everywhere. I had to get on a van. I made her carry my luggage. I said, I can't, you know, you carry it. If you want to follow well, I remember, me, I remember it. you telling me that Bob paid for first class tickets so that you could go in the lounge where she couldn't go. Right. Pretty clever. Yeah. Well, so tell me when you when so you got to Clearwater, you started doing stuff with them. What about Andreas? What tell me how that evolved after that? I mean, how did we you get stayed to know in him? touch? But when it really evolved was Bob. You know, they he was supposed to, he was a multimillionaire, yeah. but and I grew up around my parents had money and their friends had money and stuff like that. So I go and I stay in Stacy's house in a guest house. And they had a bed in their room, a bed in my room, and a dining room table. And that was it. And so I finally said, look, I don't really know if you guys are Osa or not. You know, and Bob was like, what? And I said, well, you know, you're a multimillionaire living in a home where you don't even have a couch in the living room. You know, you have nothing in this house. You know, it's like it just... To me, it just smelled of Osa, right? And he goes, yeah. okay, we're going up to New Hampshire today. And he got a ticket. And we flew up to his home in New Hampshire, which is this three-story gorgeous house yeah. and beautiful landscaping like the, the Queen of England has. I mean, it was just unbelievable. But anyway, then from there, we, we came back home. And I said, I'm not going to pick it. And on the way home back to Boston, he said, oh, by the way, we're going to pick it in Boston. I said, I'm not going to pick it in Boston. I told you I'm not going to pick it. And it, I said, just drop me off at a mall. That's it. But but then I thought, God, Tori, you're such a flake. You know, all these people have been talking to you about their kids and crying and everything. You need to, you know, a lot of stuff. You need to say something. So I, I said, okay, just drop me off. I'm not going to pick it with you guys, but drop me off. And I walked in the org and I said, I'm, I'm a Scientologist. And I said, well, actually, I just left Scientology. So you better call HCO, which is their thing where they come down. And she said, well, I am HCO. And I said, well, good. Then we don't have a problem. You can give me a tour of the org. And, and oh, yeah, I should get this. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, this one lady was in the reception and she said, Tori, you're in the book. And I have a copy of it, but it was a book of, well, you want me to get it? Sure. What it, is it's, it? It's, you know, they had what is Scientology, right? Right. Okay. So now it's 19, what is it? 2000? Sorry, I should have gotten this out ahead of time. <laughs> Here it is. I got it. Okay. Okay, hang on. These are all my magazines I'm in. But this is one. She goes, Tori, you're in the book. And this what is... Scientologists say about Scientology. Okay. Right. And I'm in the book. And, and I knew it because they'd filmed me. And I'm going to show you a picture so you see it. This is the only public thing of this. Ah, there you are. 
There I am. See, it's the same. It's the same story that was in what is Scientology originally. Okay. But they made a new photograph of it. Okay. And so I knew I had kind of a Homer Simpson bubble, and I thought, I am never going to see this again. This is the one and only copy that will ever be public. And so that's why I wanted to get it, because it's kind of cool that you have it on this video. So anyway, because I'm sure they're having a heart attack if they see this, you know, that this is on it, because they immediately 86 it and never went anywhere. But I said, do you think I can get a copy of it? And she goes, sure, take it. So I took it. Right. And then she said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, believe it or not, I'm actually here with these big SPs. And they're going to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not picketing. You know, I'm just I'm just not really with the church anymore. And she goes, well, did you go through HCO, which is where you have to route out and everything? And I said, no, I don't really have that plan. And she goes, Okay, well, you need to go through HCO. And I said, okay, well, you need to read the internet. <laughs> and then, I, then I went outside and started. I wasn't picketing. I was talking to the staff. But Andreas saw the whole thing. Bunker okay. put it up online. And Andreas saw it and he called me. And he goes, Magoo, I'm on a mountaintop. I saw your video. It's so great. You know, he was just, he said, I'm so proud of you. And he just was always, we just became the best of friends. He just when, was a uh, when, when you and I and he were all together in Toronto in 2015, was that the first time you actually uh, met him in person? No, because he had said in, I think, early 2000s, he had said, you should come to Norway. Oh, okay. And I said, Andreas, I don't even have a passport. And he said, how could you be alive and not have a passport? Because in I found out later in Europe, you know, everyone has a passport. It's like yeah. going from us state to state you'd have, if you had to have a right. passport. So I didn't have one. And I said, you know, I know I was born in Kansas City. I was raised in Chicago, but I was born in Kansas City where my grandparents are. And I said, but I don't know what hospital. And he goes, I'll handle it. And he sent me my birth certificate. So I got my passport saved up for a year and then I bought a ticket and I flew to Norway and we spent a week together and just became the best of friends I mean it was just wonderful I mean seeing he's such a Norwegian I mean it was just so wonderful to really see him in his country and how much he loved his country and how wonderful Norway is mm -hmm. I mean I was just stunned I'd never seen anything like that I mean I, I told him I said Andreas we drove across the country. I said, these people are like all on vacation. You know, they're working, but they're so happy and they're not phony happy. They're really genuinely happy. Right. And he said, yeah, well, we take care of people from birth to death, you know, so they don't have a lot of problems that your country, the people have. Yeah. So well, I first actually met him in the summer of 2012. Uh, he came to New York uh and uh visited me at the village voice cool. and then yeah and then we went to times square to see the org and uh <laughs> we were outside the org and a body router came up to us and said you guys want to come in and see a film and we couldn't believe it we looked at each other and we said sure so <laughs> Andreas Heldahl and I went into the New York org and I have to say, it was busier than I expected. Right. Um, and they had those, in 2012, they already had some of those new displays that Miscavige wanted, and I wanted to look right. at them, but they really wanted us to go into this room to watch this film. So we said, okay. The they orientation took us, film. They took Well, no, it wasn't orientation. They took us into oh. this small film. It was a story of Dianetics. Oh. And um, it was weird. I remember they must have refilmed parts of it because... It didn't it didn't make chronological sense. Like <laughs> you know, it was like they were anyway. But they had to cut out the people that left. Yeah, they had to cut out the people that left. They put people in anyway. It, just, it didn't make a lot of sense. But we're sitting in there, tiny little projection room, uh, just sort of laughing about it. By the time the film was over, after about 15 or 20 minutes, and they brought us back to the lobby, it was completely empty. So oh. they had just cleared out everyone. I think by the time, by that time, they had kind of figured out who they had. 
and they were really anxious for us to leave. Well, she did try to sell me a copy of Dianetics of course. for 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, 20 bucks for that thing? Yeah. And I, I told her, I said, um, no, you know, I've got a first edition. And she said, the green one? I said, yes. She was she was pretty impressed. Um, and then I want, but I wanted Andreas to see that I could see that they had some chili B videos on those monitors. And I really wanted so Andreas and I watched a Chili B music video at oh. the org, and then we finally left, and then we went and had dinner together. But he just thought it was hilarious. We had a great time. He was such a fun guy. He was such a fun guy. I remember when we got to Norway, um, we I was going to stay at his sister's originally, and so we had to get at one of those blow-up beds. So we go to Ikea, and I had made one video because we were in Greg Barnes's home with a bunch, about three or four other uh, top people. And we were all sharing these stories. And I said, Bunker, you've got to turn on the video and just tape these. No, People don't know these stories. I mean, I didn't know these stories. We, you know, we've got to, you know, get this on the internet. So he did. And I think it's OT speaking freely or something like that. But anyway, it's on the internet. It's like three or four of us talking. That was it. That was the video that was out there. So now we walk in Ikea and within five minutes, somebody walks up to me and they go, Tori Magoo, I'm part of, I, I saw your video. And Andreas goes, I can't believe this. I in was Norway, in, in, at an in, Ikea in Norway. in Norway. Yeah, it was on the internet. And, and and so Andreas goes, I can't believe this. I mean, I have up this huge website. I was born in Norway. I'm a Norwegian. I have this huge website up about all these facts about Scientology. And you walk in and in five minutes, somebody recognizes you. <laughs> and I said, but the difference is all of yours is in writing. And mine is a video. And yeah. this is a yeah. video world, Andreas. It's changing from written to video. and. It really, when Anonymous showed up in 2008, they pushed my video all around the world. And I asked them, I said, why? You know, why my video? And they said, yours was the only one that was up. Yeah. Oh, I, people forget what it was like then. You know, I mean, I yeah. remember Bunker was, Bunker was putting up videos when just putting a video on the internet was a technical challenge. Right. You know, and uh, he, he... Yeah, it's true, such a different time. I know, but uh, yeah, but isn't and that it... funny about me and Andreas and Ikea? That's amazing. <laughs> he was a character, and then we went across the country over to his town, which is across the country, and we stopped at his, his home cabin. His family has a cabin, and then we went and had a dinner with a bunch of his friends. And afterwards, he said, well, I, I talked to my friend. She owns a cafe. We're going to go over there and have some coffee. And I said, okay. So we're walking along, and it's the weekend, and I notice everything is closed. And I say, Andreas, what's the deal? I mean, everything is closed. It's the weekend. And he goes, Tori, we're different than the United States. I mean, these people want to have fun, too. You went to my cabin, and look how much fun we had. So these people want to go and have fun, too. So we all shop during the week. And then on the weekend, everybody's off except for the restaurants. Uh -huh. We go to this little cafe. She gives us all coffee. And then she says, you know, you guys can just go upstairs. It's sort of like a living room. You can go upstairs and I'm going to bake you some brownies. So she bakes us brownies, brings it to us. She says, you know, I'm really tired. I'm going to go home. So you guys just hang out. And when you want to leave, you can leave. There's a guy that's going to be downstairs. He'll close up. And. You know, that's Norway. You know, they just have nothing on it. I mean, it was just amazing. It was really wonderful. Um, and then uh, tell us more about, you know, and then because uh, then we saw him in Nor uh, Toronto in 2015. And that's right. when I get to take that wonderful picture of the two of you. Um, what about what other contacts did you have with him? What else can you tell us about him? Well, the other thing that I think is really key that a lot of people probably don't know is how did Andreas get into this? Yeah. Andreas was not a Scientologist. Right. He was a businessman who worked for Iron Mountain, which is actually an American company. And that's a whole nother story. But anyway, he was a hardworking guy, lived in Norway, and he saw that this lady had sued the Church of Scientology 
a Norwegian. And he thought, why would a Norwegian sue a church? This doesn't make sense. I've got to look into this. And he was a computer geek. Right. So he started poking around the internet. And back then, like now you can see all kinds of stuff because it's consolidated. But back then it was all spread out around the internet. Like Paulette Cooper's story was there, the Guardian's office break in, you know, just different things. All these horror stories, but they were all spread out. And, and in between, of course, were Scientologies, how great they are and how wonderful they are and all that. And so I thought, you know what? There's a lot of stories here, but they're not in one place. So I'm going to make a website. And back now, everybody's like, oh, it's a website, big deal. But back then, there weren't websites. There was just alt-religion Scientology, which was a linear news group. Well, it was a Usenet. It was it, yeah, exactly. It wasn't a yeah, website. It was, it was Usenet, right? And right, and and it was just it was, like a, it was like a chat so, kind of thing, right? Right. So that's how Yachty was able to spam it, because they someone would say L. Ron Hubbard's a liar, and then he would come in on in as Joe and say no, he wasn't, <clears throat> and no one would say anything. So then he'd come on as Mary and say, why are you guys bothering about L. Ron Hubbard? Why don't I, you know? I played golf today and it was really great, and. Then he'd come on, nobody'd say anything. So then he'd come on as Sam and he'd say, Golf? I'm really into golf. <laughs> you know, how was your game? You know, and it just that was his thing to just distract off of it. And they their view was if they could drive it down the first page onto the second, no one would read it. And that's right. not that's kind of true. Yeah. You know, we don't really read, you know, on yeah. and on and on sometimes, but not a lot. Right. So anyway, that was that was that. And, and then so uh, so so Andreas then started his page. And at first, I remember the very first URL. It wasn't Xenu.net. It was like something something.com slash something slash Andreas slash Scientology, right? I mean it was really? like something... I don't know. I was I was in. Oh, I yeah, no, I I at one point I looked up that whole history and and he's got he ha he himself wrote a history of his site. And oh. I reviewed that. I reviewed that a couple of years ago when when I wrote the story about when he was sick, first sick, and yeah, it was just like a subdomain of a website. He didn't get Xenu.net for several months, but then he finally got that. But didn't and, he start putting? That's what he told me. He put all those. Oh no, no, that's what he was doing. Yes. I'm just saying, as a URL, it was just sort oh. of like a you know, and um, yeah, he started. He started. He became the central before him was basically Ron Newman in Boston, who was doing some good stuff along those lines too. Right. But Andreas really brought a, a sort of, like you said, like a central depository of all of this different information in a way that uh, was great. And then of course, you know, the name was funny, Operation Clambake, making fun of L. Ron Hubbard's ideas about uh, evolution and stuff. Um, and then he was just under constant attack, just well, and see, that, that's why I thought he was the devil, because he it was www.xenu.net. Right. And Xenu, back then, now everybody's heard of it. There's jokes, South Park's done their stuff, you know, that, that, that. But back then, nobody heard the word Xenu. They, they had some court cases where they sent me down to sit on the transcripts all day. I did it one day. I said, I'm not going to do it anymore. But they, I know they had other people so that nobody, no journalist could get the transcript and read about Xenu. So it was really a big deal that Andreas oh, yeah. made it Xenu.net. Oh, yeah, it's huge. That and calling it Operation Clambake and all the stuff he was putting on it, he was under constant attack. Scientology right. sent those attorneys like Helena Cobrin and Ava Paquette. They were just constantly trying to get his site taken down. And he started experiencing... Harassment. I mean, he he, you know, he wrote about early on that you know people were showing up. There was a guy that uh, tried to make him look like he was part of a drug deal or something. I mean, he knew that Scientology was really sending sending its goons to try to mess with him, and yeah, you know he, that he was the that wrong person only, to mess with. That only made it more popular, and it only made him more determined, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. It's it's he was a very courageous man and and smart and and just the wrong person to screw with. Uh, there, there's a video that I just posted on my Facebook site about him picketing 
we're picketing and Joel Phillips used to work for me and he was there just as a public trying to handle Andreas. And it's just so great to see Andreas. I mean, he just keeps at it. You know, he never gets mad. You hear me at the end. I'm like, because I was so ticked off because they had all these lies up about all of us. But Andreas never did. He he said, you know, people need to learn how to debate. And he knew how to talk to people and not get furious. You, you know, know whereas I was is, just you know who else is so good at that is Mark Bunker. Oh, I, yeah. I think Bunker and Andreas are just both really great models for how to talk to Scientologists. I just need to. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're standing on a sidewalk screaming at Scientologists, saying, yelling at them, you're in a cult. I just don't think that's that's the right. Oh, thing. no, 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 no. I, I had spent years being nice to them. That's the only reason that people don't know that. But I had spent years being nice, being calm, talking to them because I knew <clears throat> I had been out there trying to handle the critics and I knew how it felt to have them yelling at me. Yeah. And it, it's you go in and also goes, do you really want to be part of that group? You know, and it, it's just such a proof of like, yeah, no, I don't, you know, the, you're, you guys are much better, you know, right, but right. so it's, it definitely doesn't work, but, but sometimes you get ticked off and that's what happened. I just was like, he, especially because we worked on a group where we were supposed to create truth about L. Ron Hubbard, right? Which of course it wasn't, but I didn't know that. Now I'm out and he's got all these lies. He's supporting these people that have all these lies up about us. And and it just made me mad. So I right. that, that at the end of it, I kind of flip out and I'm like, you know, why do you have all this stuff up? <laughs> and at the end, I think my last line was, this isn't freedom of speech. This is bullshit. And it's true. Because they kept calling it Religious Freedom Watch. And it's like, it's not Religious Freedom Watch. It's not religion. It's not freedom. And maybe you're watching, but that's all. That's the only <laughs> true thing about it. Yeah. Well, Tony, well, you've been a miracle for all of us. And certainly, no, you have. Don't make that face. You have. And 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 certainly for Andreas. Andreas really loved you. He did. He was, you know, it's like you've you've kind of backed all of us up and it's really, and let us tell our stories. And that's important. It's very important. Well, I'm just so glad I got to see him in New York in 2012 and Toronto in 2015. I wish I could have seen him more. And um, yeah. he, um, you know, later he got away from Scientology so much and he was really interested in humanism. He became a, 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 a recognized figure in humanism in Norway. Um, and uh, I know that was really, really important to him. We talked about that at, at one point. He was telling me about how much he really wanted to advance humanism as an organization to give people an alternative to churches. Yeah. And uh, he was, he was, you know, uh, fine. He was becoming somebody that um, officiated at weddings and stuff. I mean, really right. sweet. I I never really got to know his partner. Did you get to know his partner? Yeah. I have. He's very, very wonderful. I mean, I bless his heart. I mean, he is just hung in there with Andreas through the whole thing. And there's a little video on, I think it's Andreas's site. It, it or, or yeah, I think it's on Andreas's site. No, I think it's on his site. And his name is P E N G Y U on Facebook. And Andreas called him Daniel. Oh, okay. But, but, um, but if you go to his site and look at his videos, the first video in the top left is Andreas is in bed passing away. And there's 10 Norwegians and they're all singing to Andreas. Oh, and he told wow. me, he said he woke up, he, well, he posted it on the, his site. He said he passed away, but he before he passed away, we were all singing to him. And he woke up, looked at us, and then he took off. That was wow. it. But, but I thought, what a great way to pass away. You know, it, it's so deserving of Andreas and so wonderful of the Norwegians. The, all his friends were there. You know, it's just, not all because he's got tons of friends, but a bunch of Norwegian friends were there. Well, and, I'm glad and I'm glad Daniel was keeping you informed about what was going on because yeah. you, you, you then let me know what was going on. And, and yeah. uh, oh, God, I miss that guy. I know. I know. Me, too. It's. It's a tricky, I, I think I crawl, cried all day on the second, you know, it was just 
really i i knew he was going to pass away but then when someone says and someone wrote me a little text saying you know andreas it happened wow and it was just like oh but i know he told me don't be sad you know i'm a lucky guy and i know andreas he is so well he made the world a better place and I, if more of us could adopt some of his values and see people and be kind truly. you know uh i think it would be a better world you know he he really um he really want he really believed in kindness and it and it made a big difference for you way huge and and i really think he will still continue to help people for years to come because of his his website you know, it's like the knowledge that he put on there was gigantic. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. A lot of fashion. Uh, like last year or something, he told me that he was looking for someone to pass it on to. I don't know what, what arrangement he ultimately made. Yeah, I think we worked it out. But I'm sure it'll stay up. And, um, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, such a great monument to him. It um, is. That Scientology was never able to pull it down. You know? Nope. Not ever. Not ever. Well, it's been a wild ride, but, you know, who knows? I mean, he was a big atheist. So he really believed when you die, you die. I'm not. So I had told him, you know, we had many discussions about it because he believed that's it. And I believe, I, I wrote him right at the end. I said, look, if you find out you're wrong, because you might be. <laughs> You could always come visit me. This was the thing I said to him. This is kind of an amazing thing. I was married for 27 years happily. But now I'm on the internet. I meet Andreas. He says those things to me that I told you. And it just touched me so much. And I just felt so alone. And I, I wrote him and I said, Andreas, could I just come sit in your heart? And he wrote me back and he said, sure. And so all the time, wherever we were in different things, I'd write I-Y-H, which was in your heart. Oh, wow. I know. Because I always felt, so I wrote to him at the end and I said, you know, if you're wrong and you need somewhere to come, you can always come sit in my heart for a little while. I've been in yours for 23 years. It's very sweet. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. kind of amazing? Yeah. I mean, that, that that even came out of me was just... Well, you're kind of amazing, Tori, and that's for sure. I mean, you've been an well, inspiration I think for he, so many he, people. It, thank you. But I mean, I really think he... It, that shows his greatness. You know what I mean? It was just like he was big enough that I knew it wouldn't be an imposition for him for me to say, can I come sit in your heart? Yeah. yeah big heart. So anyway, we're all, I feel, he said, I'm a lucky guy. And I say, we're lucky that we, we're lucky people that we knew him. We are very lucky that we knew him. Yeah. Wish I could have seen him more, but I'm glad uh, I got to see him when I did. You got to see him. You got to spend time with him. You know, Andreas, you know what I mean? And that's the way I feel. Even people who go, I never met him. I, I write him and say, but you know him. You know, Andreas is out there. He You can watch his videos and go, that's my guy. You know what I mean? I know him. Right. So I think he he he's in all of our hearts. Absolutely. So I'm telling you, it's going to be quite a year, and uh, there's a lot of litigation going on. And uh, uh, I hope that we can get together again, Tori, and talk about stuff. And I love getting your thoughts about all these things. And uh, what do you think? You know, what do you always say, Tori? You always say TikTok, right? I've said it forever just because it's like, I believe, because back in the old days, nobody would speak out with their name. You know, like Mike Mike Rinder was in, Leah was in, you know, all, all those people were in that are now out. And I was like, please, someone just, you know, come and back me up because they were attacking me day and night and weekends. And Andreas... In the beginning, they were they came on right away and started attacking me. And the critics said, don't talk to her. She's an Osa plant. Don't talk to her. And Andrea said, look, I'm in Norway. 
And they said, no, no, she, you don't get it. She's really evil, this and that. Don't talk to her. And Andreas wrote on ARS, he said, I am in Norway. I'm a Norwegian. I'm writing on the internet. She cannot hurt me. Don't worry about it. And so he, for 24 hours, he was the only person that stood up for me, the only person. And that meant a lot to me, it really did. And it really shows that one person can really, really make a difference in another person's life. You never know. Absolutely. So it's like, try it. Absolutely. Well, thank you yeah. for that advice, Tori. You're doing great. And uh, you've done so many good videos. I'm you sure too. you've changed many. I'm sure you've changed many lives, you know? Yeah, a lot of people have written me and thanked me. It's been very, very rewarding. And for Andreas too, everybody thanked him because he, you know, he he was such a humble guy. That was the other thing. He was absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tori. And uh can't wait to talk to you again once we get some more developments in all these cases and stuff. I, I think know. it's been a great year. Hopefully you're going to come out again. I will I'm plan on it, okay? All so, right. All Talk right. to you later. Bye-bye. Peace out. I love you, Tony. Love you, Tori. All right. <laughs>